play in their ball game. We'll have more about the toilet bowl with Coach Art Turf right after we pause for this message. <laughs> the toilet bowl. Perfectly natural to me. Uh, yes, it does. It, they, they should play his uh, brother Nat Turf in the toilet bowl, apparently. But with that uh, toilet bowl bid on the line, why wouldn't we have a sponsor from this morning's show, the Art Turf Show, proudly sponsored by the Tidy Bowl Man. Oh. Yes, that is appropriate. Okay. Shall we continue? Uh, we can We can go right to the Tidy Bowl, yes. Well, Coach Turf, your team will be going to a bowl game apparently this year, and although... Uh, with not an impressive record, you're no stranger to postseason play, are you? Well, not only that, we played in a lot of bowl games down through the years. Like, for example, here, take a look at our meteor guy here. Look at this list. You know, this is a real uh, comprehensive, all-inclusive list of all the bowl games we played. Like, for example, back in 1977, we played in the uh, toilet bowl game and played uh, Flushing State, the home team that year. We didn't uh, do too well. We got beat 62 and zip. But back in 1971, for example, we played in the Sierra Bowl and uh, played against Sunrise State and got beat 40 and zip in that one. But we not, haven't done too well winning loss-wise, but we did play in 1963 in the Punch Bowl game over in Hawaii, and we played against Left Hook State. Now, remember, they knocked us out of that one. That was 48 and zip. Coach, looking down your list of bowl games, I see another one here in 1957, the Salad Bowl. Well, that's right. You know, we played uh, against Cucumber Tech in that one, and they whooped us pretty good, 57 and zero. And I remember after that one, I ran out and really got pickled. Pickled. Oh, dear. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH Well, Scott, I was interested to hear you talk about the power outages that are still in effect in our region. That was a half hour, hour ago. That was quite a storm that came through. We were at a local restaurant. Well, the um, Pleasant Hill Winery, Vineyards, there we go. And man, it was a storm. Our lights flickered there. I went and got the candles running on the tables. And uh, then just about the time that we were leaving and the storm had passed, the power went off. Oh. So, so you got to eat and drink before the power went out. And before they could run my credit card. <laughs> oh, well. Is that, does that mean it's free? No. <laughs> no. I, I'm, you know, they, they know me. And, um, of course, 
and the people they didn't know they just took phone numbers for and they'll work it all out. But anyway, uh, golly, what a storm. So yeah. um, where's the map that you keep um, all of this information? Um, let me pull it up here for you. Okay. I think I still have it open. The um, power outages, um, yeah, that's good. So uh, we've got um, now the number inside that thing means what? How many customers? Two outage cases. Okay, but two, but three hundred and thirteen are Correct. affected. Yeah. I see. Okay, now I got it. Thank you. So uh, over around Alexander, um, we've got 278 people dealing with some power issues. By power, we're talking about American Electric Power. And um, oh, go up to that uh, number three up there. Okay. You're, I, I can do this. Okay. Um, so what did we just talk about? This one? Yeah, we were just there. Okay, so on this one, and where is I that? Have to zoom in for the outage. Okay, so only eight the customers there. Yep. Down here, 310 customers. Well, and that's halfway to Albany. Um, the, the point is that... Um, since I last looked at this map, there's been a lot of progress. Uh, last night it was uh, much more um, severe, if you want to put it that way. But it uh, looks like things are getting much better now. So you gave me the restoration estimated time there yeah. near Albany? And, you know, those they always go a little wide on that. Yes. So that it's generally earlier than what they say. Yeah. Okay, you need to be on a mic if we're going to talk. Um, but he's up here running the computer for me for a second. Okay, I'm good. Okay. All right, well, anyway, folks, be patient. And, um, you know, thank goodness for candles and <coughs> lanterns and all that sort of thing. And uh, flashlights, of course. Uh, when I got home last night, everything was in good order. I had no power issues. And uh, the dogs and I uh, had a nice evening. Amen for that. Amen. Yes. And, you know, we should give a shout-out to AEP oh, for yeah. uh, getting on those outages as quickly as they can. You know, we had a hum, folks, um, on our on two of our three stations. Is that right? I think so. Anyway, and we finally determined it wasn't our stuff. It was uh, Frontier, the the, uh, uh, the the telephone company. And we called and reported it, and within just a few hours, our good friend Nathan down there, who is the specialist at the kind of special lines we use had it fixed it's um 
these folks work hard. And the electric guys, you know, they're out there in the weather sometimes. Um, you know, when you have a wire that's been um, severed or something like that, there's some danger involved. Oh, yes. And you mm-hmm. have to know what you're doing. And by the same token, we would mention to each of you, if something like that happens in your neighborhood, stay away from it. Report it, but stay away from it until they get it resolved. These guys know what they're doing. Gals, too. All right. Well, this is all kind of common sense stuff, but once in a while, we even need to be reminded of that. Yes. Good reminders. Never hurts to be reminded of those things. And, you know, of course, AEP can't go out, and they won't go out until the storms have passed for obvious reasons, too. So Well, there's a safety to, to their crew. Absolutely. But, you know, I have known them to go out anyway, and they are very cautious, but they... They know how important power is. Yes, they, they go out. Uh, I should have said they won't start working on the electrical lines. They'll be there during the storm watching what's going on. Mm. But they can't do any, uh, you know, for obvious safety reasons. They can't get up in a bucket truck or in a bucket from a truck there, and you know, with winds blowing and who knows where the trees are falling and the winds are going to blow the lines. So they, they do the assessment as it's going on when the storm is uh, probably nearing the end, close to that anyway. But just wanted to give a shout-out to them for their diligence and uh, hard work in getting the power restored. Absolutely. So thank you, AEP. And it's the other utility companies as well. They all... Oh, yes, all of them. um, The the, the phone people, they have similar problems. Um, Cable. Cable, all that stuff. Yeah. If you name anything that has to do with line transmission, you know, it's going to happen. June 23rd it is. That's right. The 23rd day of the month of June. And, of course, the year 2022. You were saying yesterday was 62222. Mm-hmm. Today is National Pink Day. That's right, the color pink. Uh, I'm trying to think. Other than maybe one or two dress shirts that I have that might be considered pink. And pink is not much in my wardrobe. Um, it's National Hydration Day. And in this heat which I think has been unusual this summer so far, Uh, we need to remember to to stay hydrated. So today is National Hydration Day. Okay, now, do I like like pizza? Sure. Have I experienced different styles of pizza? Yes. But today is Detroit-style pizza day. Now, I've spent some time up in Detroit, not not as much as 
Well, I've been a lot of places and spent a lot of time. But in Detroit, only a couple of brief trips. I'm not sure I know what is different about a Detroit-style pizza. Now, Scott, do you have any idea? Yes, I do. I actually have seen this on a show on uh, one of the food channels. I watch the the Food Network and the Cooking yeah. Channel yeah. and things like that, particularly on Saturday mornings. Do you like to cook? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I make me a mean, la- mean lasagna, I'm telling you. No, okay. No, I do. I like my lasagna. Okay. Detroit-style okay. pizza. Detroit-style pizza, um, they layer the toppings backwards, basically. Huh? So they take the – they lay out the pepperoni – uh, directly on the dough. Next comes, uh, you know, a cheese, uh, something like that. And uh, the cheese caramelizes when it bakes, obviously, and makes a really crisp crust. And then then the tomato sauce goes on top. So it's uh, kind of like a backwards-style de- uh, pizza, thus the authentic Detroit-style pizza. They just layer the toppings in reverse. And then it's square cut, too. Like, uh, but that's what I I okay. I love square cut. You know, pizza's pizza. Yeah. Have I ever met a pizza I didn't like? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> um. And I doubt if I ever I, will. <laughs> I'm kind of um. <clears throat> the sauce itself. If it's if it's got. A ton of sauce on it, no. I like enough to have a little flavor, but I'm more interested in the other things, like the, be it pepperoni or onions or cheese or mushrooms. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, what's the weirdest thing you've ever had on a pizza? Oh, it's got to be anchovies. Yeah. Oh, I love them. You can have all you want. <laughs> now, you don't want them, you know, wall to wall. They're just too salty. Yeah. But I think anchovy pizza with just a little uh, scattered about is very good. You don't like anchovies. No, I'm not a big fan of anchovies. Hey, you want to hear something entertaining? It was uh, some of my One of my friends told me that uh, her dad... When he was in college, he had a roommate, and uh, whenever they would order pizza, yeah. he knew his roommate did not like anchovies. So what did he do? He ordered anchovies on the whole pizza, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which meant more for him yeah. because the roommate would get done picking off the anchovies, yeah. <laughs> and then he would get the rest. <laughs> Pretty smart move there. Okay, if you want more now, pizza. this brings me to... Um, I don't know why, but I'm going to ask, do you like sardines? No, I'm not a fan of sardines as well. Olives, yes. I, I can do the sodium and the salt from olives, yes. Hmm. But I'm, no, sardines, anchovies, yep. Okay. No, thank you. Well, what's the weirdest thing you've ever had on a pizza besides hmm. leather? Um, I don't know where that came from. Just came up. I, I don't know where that came from either. I was thinking about your dad saying you could put bacon grease or chocolate on a piece of leather and it would 
tastes good. Yeah, he he had a, an expression. I can't remember it verbatim. Something like that. Uh, it was something to the effect that if you French fried a boot, it would taste good. Something like that. Um, <laughs> I don't. What was your question again? What's the weirdest thing you've had on pizza? Pizza. Mine was anchovies. Well, see, I like them. You must yeah. like anything and everything on a pizza. I, I can't think of... Um, okay, I'm not a hot pepper, hot... Um, what are those green things that are hot? Jalapenos? Yes. Yeah, those, me either. Um, that sort of thing does not to do well with me. But just about everything else does. Yeah. I usually get mine with uh, diced tomatoes or even sliced tomatoes on there. Boy, does that flavor up that sauce. Just enhances the flavor of the of the whole bite of pizza for me. All righty. Well, we've really spent a lot of time on Foodies this. we are. We are. So, National Detroit-style pizza day. And, oh, another food item, National Pecan Sandies Day. That sounds more cookie-like. Yes, that's what they are, cookies. Neat. All right, well, historically speaking, let's see. These are important events in history. In 1930... The world's oldest parliament, the Icelandic parliament, the Alpingi, anglicized as Althing or Althingi, established. Well, that's a tough one. You muddled right through that one. Is I don't know muddled how any good or not? Well, it's as good as you can do. Okay, so anyway, 1930, the oldest parliament <clears throat> was established. And they had many names for it, but the easiest one for us, the Icelandic parliament. 1868, Christopher Latham Scholes patents the Scholes and Glidden typewriter, the first commercially successful of its kind. Okay, what was the first typewriter you learned how to use? It was a royal manual typewriter. I have one right in back, in the, the back, back room. Yeah. I loved typing class in high school. I loved Selectrics. Remember them? Yes. I still would like a Selectric, and I need to find one just for my micro-museum. Your little collection. But I want it to be working. Um... You know, I recently switched. We, we, I think I told you folks we got hacked here about three weeks ago. 
and three computers in particular were affected. Um, and the hackers stole some money from the radio station. A lot of money. Okay. So, um, our computer experts came in, and they determined that my laptop um, probably had reached its limit in terms of age. No surprise. They determined that my wife's laptop, which, of course, she had passed by then, was a good, good unit and that I should start using it. And then there was another one in the building, and they said, uh, it's fine too. But mine, I should stop using. And they also cleaned all the hacker stuff off of it. Okay, so, you know, I didn't realize how different a keyboard could be. Yeah, they are. But there is ever slightly different... Yep. Spacing between the keys. And your fingers moving. And so I'm used to rapidly <clears throat> typing on my laptop. And I'll be typing away and then look up above and there's all sorts of errors. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm slowly learning uh, the keyboard my wife has. All right. Well, anyway, typing. Have you ever, uh, speaking of the errors, have you ever dictated a message into your iPhone? A little bit. Or your Android? Let me tell you what, when you do that at times, those things create some really interesting words and phrases. Yeah. And if, if you're not careful before you send of course. the message, you could send a really wigged out message to someone and then they get the message, and they're like, what in the world are they well, talking about? I have the same problem with my key- keyboard on my <laughs> phone because my fingers touch are big enough they might touch the wrong key. Yeah. They're wider than, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's called fat finger dialing or fat finger typing. No, listen, I'm not fat. They didn't say you were. That's just what it's called. Whenever I have messages like that, the error messages... People will text me next and say, oops, sorry, fat finger typing. But I also have noticed that when I've talked to it and it's transcribing, I'm amazed how often it gets it right. Yes, it does. And I'm, I'm amazed that when you actually type a message in there, <clears throat> that if you look up in the bar above the keyboard, mm-hmm. it will actually have a suggestion for the next word for you. So you can, you know, say something like, I was going to, and then after the word to, it'll have suggestions of the next word up there. Or if you've yours, uh, yeah. used the phrase frequently, it will pull up those words. So all you have to do is type, touch those words. And it will insert the words for you. Now, I've noticed you use the voice input a lot. Yes, I do. Um, it's much quicker, much easier. Yeah. I, I've not gotten into that habit very much, but I've tried it a few times, and it's worked well. Yeah, but okay. I've, I've learned to check the messages, too, before I send them. Well, yeah, <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, yeah, because it's really easy to not to if you get in a hurry or you got ten things going on at once. 1960 is our next year. 
And what they have to say about it is that the first contraceptive pill is made available for purchase in the United States. 1972, Hurricane Agnes becomes America's costliest natural disaster, affecting 15 states with 119 deaths and $3 billion worth in damages. 1974, the first extraterrestrial message sent from Earth into space. You know, I don't, I mean, so what? How do we know if anybody received it? (laughs) Yeah. Or if they knew what it meant. Right. Oh, well. 1979, Super Tramp's Breakfast in America becomes number one album in the U.S. featuring Take the Long Way Home. Do we have that handy? Oh, yeah, I can find that easily. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, okay. let's mess with that here in a few minutes. Okay. 2016, the Brexit referendum. That is whereby the United Kingdom votes to leave the European Union. Okay, let's see here. Famous birthdays. Hmm. Okay. um, There's a name here I don't know, but I like her smile. She's celebrating her 65th birthday, Frances McDormand. Frances Louise McDormand is an American actress and producer. She has received numerous accolades, including four Academy Awards, two Primetime Emmy Awards, one Tony Award, making her one of the few performers to achieve the triple ca- uh, crown of acting. And yet I've not heard of her. That's, that's so out of kilter for me, having been in the performing arts as long as I was. But Frances McDormand. Yeah, one of her movies that I really enjoyed was, she was in, was uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri from 2017. She was also in Fargo and Nomadland from 2020. Okay, Alan Turing, T-U-R-I-N-G. He was born on this date in 1912. He died in 1954. T-U-R? Yes, I-N-G. Okay. Alan. Alan Matheson Turing was an English mathematician, computer scientist, logician, cryptanalyst, philosopher, and theoretical biologist. You sure he wasn't an actor, too? Um... Well, if it's T-U-R-I-N-G, that's no. the one. No, I mean, I was joking. Coming up with here. They, uh, I mean, they mentioned so many things he was. Oh, yeah. I mean, was he like a maintenance person, too, or lawn mowing yeah. expert? Turing's most notable work. Are you making work, fun of me? No, but I could. <laughs> Would you like me to? Uh-oh. I was just missing. <laughs> I know that. Okay. 
Well, I if if so, I like to mow my lawn. Yes, lawn mowing. Did you hear the last word I said after lawn mowing? No. Well, what what was it? Expert. Oh, okay. Thank you. So there. I don't claim to be that. I I. Well, you. I still have. You should be. What's that one grass that grows up faster than all the others? I don't know. Fescue. No. Um. Anyway, I gotta figure out how to get rid of that. Now, my neighbor uses a company they spray um, maybe once every, I don't know, several weeks. And she doesn't have that. But. Uh, Rye grass, maybe? It's not ringing a bell. But anyway, so back to Mr. Turing. <laughs> I'm still looking at grass. Okay. <laughs> you lawn mowing expert. Here it is. Turing's most notable work today is as a computer scientist. In 1936, he developed the idea for the universal Turing machine, the basis for the first computer. And he developed a test for artificial intelligence in 1950 which is still used today, but he also studied physics, mainly as a youngster. Okay, we got two more here. These are famous birthdays. Edward the Eighth. I am, I am. <laughs> and that how the Henry. Okay. Oh, it's Henry the Eighth. <laughs> anyway, um, he was born on this date in 1894. He died in 1972. See, with all, all this comedy going on, I, don't, I can't tell if you're teasing or you're serious now. So I, I've forgotten. I'm following, trying to follow along with you there. Well, good Ed, luck. Edward VIII, I am not, I am not, as opposed to Henry VIII, I am, I am. Edward VIII was <laughs> king of uh, the United Kingdom <laughs> and the dominions of the British Empire and Empire of India from January 1936 until his abdication in December of the same year. Now, abdication. What does that mean to you? Um, I think that means he was... Uh, Did he resign or was he overthrown or what? Well, the abdication of Edward VIII, he became king following the death of his father. He abdicated the throne in order to marry divorcee Wallace Simpson and became known as the Duke of Windsor. So he gave up... Voluntarily. Yeah, the throne okay. to marry Wallace Simpson. Yeah, love does strange things, doesn't it? All right. This last one, this girl looks nice to me. June Carter Cash. Oh, yes. And she was born in 1929... Died in 2003. She's a country music singer. She was actually the wife of Johnny Cash. Really? Yes. Oh. She was an American singer, songwriter, actress, dancer, comedian, and author of five-time Grammy Award winner. She was a member of the Carter family and the second wife of singer Johnny Cash. And they all used to get on the Johnny Cash show as a... Uh, TV show that, uh, what, was in late 60s maybe? And they used to bring out her mother, and her name was Mother Maybell Carter. I faintly remember this. 
Yes. Okay, we have two famous deaths to talk about. Scott, this this next one was I know you were very close to him. Um so, you know, try to hold your emotions. I got him. Um Vespasian. <laughs> um he was born in 9 AD but died on this date in 79 AD. Vespasian. Yes. Yes, right around the time that we were palling around the streets of Rome and the carnivorous, or the, let's see, what are they? The big uh, Rome arenas. Carnivorous? No, let's see. Cavernous. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. That means huge. Spelling, please. We were so close that I don't know how to spell his name. Well, what was your nickname for him? Uh... Vespucci or Vasco no, da Gama. No. V E S P A S I A N. Ah. I can think of a name right there. Vespi. <laughs> Vespasian. Come on, this was one of your best friends. Yeah. Oh, his first name was Titus. Ah yes, it's all coming back to me now. Titus Flavius Vespi, whatever that is. Uh, he was a Roman emperor who, though of humble birth, became the founder of the Flavian dynasty after the civil wars that followed Nero's death in 68. Isn't that funny to, interesting to read those years? Because we think of, you know, 2022 or, for instance, 1954. But here this year was... 68. A.D. Yeah. As opposed to B.C. Correct. All right. Jonas Salk, born in 1914, died on this date in 1995. I'm sure you probably remember him. The vaccine. Yes. He uh, developed the polio vaccine. American virologist and medical researcher who developed one of the first successful polio vaccines. He was born in New York and attended the City College of New York and New York University School of Medicine. Appropriately so, in New York. New York. Yeah. All right, what about... um Yeah, we did all that. Good. We can put that away. Well, news-wise, and today's Thursday, folks. By the way, the Copperheads have a home game tonight. Uh, I'm going to go to it. Um, this will be the first game I've been able to take in this season. And my role tonight, real simple. Food, a drink, and watch the game. Got to be a great night for baseball. With a lot of fellow friends. Yes. From gonna, Athens Rotary. Yes, going to cool down, uh, I think, a low temperature maybe in the mid to upper 50s. Okay. That probably won't be until overnight. So, But... Nevertheless, 
it's always a great night for baseball. Have you ever heard of the term jewel? No, not J-E-W-E-L, like on jewelry, but J-U-U-L. Jewel is a company that makes, um, I'm going to call it like tobacco for e-cigarettes. Um, now there are these cigarette looking things that you can charge up. They have an electric element and you plug them in and charge them just like you would your cell phone or something like that. And then I guess you place this substance jewel in it. And then you can smoke it. And um, from what I've observed, the smoke or cloud that you emit after you're exhaling is much thicker and harder to see through, <laughs> frankly. Anyway, um, the Food and Drug Administration is preparing to ban e-cigarette maker Juul from the U.S. market. These reports surfaced yesterday. The, the move follows a nearly two-year review of the company's data surrounding the use of its vaping products with an emphasis on e-cigarette use by underage consumers. Once upon a time, the company controlled more than 75% of the U.S. e-cigarette market, but has come under fire on multiple fronts including allegations it deliberately marketed its products to teenagers. The company denied targeting children and halted sales of all flavors except tobacco and menthol back in 2019. You see, they used to have different flavors. Okay, going on. Regulators previously cleared the way for two Juul competitors. One is called Reynolds American. And another is um, Enjoy, but it's not spelled out. It's N-J-O-Y. Um, they can continue to operate because evidently they haven't been targeting this youth market. That's my guess. Now, Juul, and that's spelled J-U-U-L, reported $1.3 billion in sales last year, with all of which basically occurred just here in the U.S., There's a company, Altria, and if
if you say, well, who are they? Well, they're the maker of Marlboro cigarettes, right? They bought a 35% stake in Juul back in 2018, which is today valued at 12.8 billion bucks. Well, let's move on to another topic. Gas taxes, right? Gasoline, that is? Yes. President Joe Biden is calling on Congress to suspend the federal gas tax for three months through September amid soaring gas prices that have reached around $5 per gallon. The 18.4 cents per gallon gas tax, or 24.4 cents per gallon for diesel, is an excise added to the price consumers pay at the pump. Both federal and state governments impose gas taxes, using much of the revenue to raise uh, revenue raised by those uh, sales to fix roads, and fund other infrastructure projects. Drivers may not reap the full benefits of gas tax holiday. Oil and gas companies who collect and remit the, the tax to the government would need to pass the savings on to the customers. Incidentally, um... President Biden is also asking states to suspend their own gas taxes or other or offer similar belief relief excuse me economists and some lawmakers are skeptical about gas tax holidays saying it could inadvertently increase demand for fuel while costing the government 10 billion in tax revenue Do you think that's going to help? I mean, it's only going to be for what, one month? It's a momentary thing. Yeah. Well, guess what's going to happen when it ends? Price is going to go right back up to five, six, seven dollars a gallon, like in California. And same thing will happen here. When gas, I was thinking 18 cents. Okay, yeah, that's some. But at five, six bucks a gallon, that's just a speck really. I mean, it's not going to do that much, and that's what I'm hearing from both sides of the aisle in Congress, and uh, even some members of his own party are not in favor mm-hmm. of that gas tax suspension uh, for a short period of time. But you know, big oil companies are reporting record profits. Uh, domestic production is not where it could be to help with those gas prices uh, from what I've seen on research reports and also <clears throat> national news. Um, there are a combination of things that could happen to help with that, but I don't know. We'll see. Over in Afghanistan, there was an earth- earthquake <clears throat> yesterday. A thousand people were killed and 1,500 more were Injured. And uh, this 6.1 magnitude earthquake struck 
eastern Afghanistan early yesterday, about 30 miles from the city of Khost. That's K-H-O-S-T. Maybe it's Khost. By the way, that's near the border with Pakistan. Um, lots of search and rescue efforts are underway, and that death toll could climb. All right, let's talk about um, the Ukraine for a moment. Um, The headline in this particular story says Ukrainians are trying to confront the war's psychological wounds even as the battles wear on. Um, This is a lengthy story. It's in the New York Times uh, morning report. Let's see if I can get to some less personal stories and talk a little more about the general situation. Let's try this section. Fostering understanding. Most people who go through a traumatic event defined clinically as an episode of, of actual or threatened death, serious injury or sexual violence, have some period of symptoms like nightmares, anxieties, headaches. But they recover. The smaller subset develops debilitating long-term distress or post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, A professor of this topic says that the Ukrainian, about 10% in that country of people who have experienced traumatic events, um, he's concerned about it not, that it's staying with them for the rest of their lives. PTSD and things like that. One factor in whether people develop long-term problems is whether their community shares the trauma. We see lower rates of things like PTSD after natural disasters than we see after individual events because of community involvement. The community is supporting each other, and sometimes that's a crucial Well, I, I encourage you to go to the New York Times website. They have an excellent story this morning. I have read it all. And it, um, I think it explains it very factually, I guess. I'll use that term, factually. Scott, we got a number of special reports that perhaps tomorrow we can touch on a few. Okay. What uh, What's one that catches your eye? Um, 
Let's see. I think, uh, did we go over the road trips there? Oh, I didn't realize how little time it is. Yeah, we, we've got We're done. Cut out. Okay. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H Evans. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. All eyes are on the Supreme Court, which could overturn Roe v. Wade as soon as today or tomorrow and hand down rulings on other controversial issues. Correspondent Stacey Lynn is in Washington. At this hour, the justices are just beginning to hand down decisions. There are still over a dozen cases they have to rule on, cases that could alter the political landscape on abortion, gun control, and the environment. The high court will also rule on a Trump-era immigration policy and school prayer. A leaked draft opinion suggested the conservative majority is ready to ban abortions. Former top Justice Department officials are expected to testify at today's public hearing in Congress January 6th investigation. CBS's Robert Costa from Capitol Hill. We also expect to hear dramatic testimony about a showdown in the Oval Office on January 3rd, 2021, when several officials warned the former president that they and others would resign if he pushed them too far. President Biden's being met with resistance from Republicans and Democrats alike in his bid to pause the federal 18-cent-a-gallon gas tax. Drivers still struggling to pay at the pump. CBS's Jim Crisula. AAA says the national average for a gallon of gas fell overnight to $4.94. Still, some people are changing their ways, according to oil analyst Phil Flynn. There is no doubt that a certain segment of the population is cutting back. You know, they're not topping off their tank. They're a little bit more frugal when it comes to 